If you believe you give me an amen. amen. You will hear testimonies that you are giving. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That you will be the one giving testimonies this season. Amen. God will use you to do things in the lives of other people. Amen. And they will answer your own prayers in a very dramatic way. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And as we go into the study of the word of God, let's declare the word of understanding. On to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again I incline my ears to his word. Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Understanding has come to you again today in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you greet somebody on your left and your right? Tell the person understanding has come to you. Yes. Greet somebody else. Understanding has come to you. Insight, skill, and understanding. Yes. And take your seats. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Alright, um, so our school of prayer, I want to teach a short series on prayer, the power of agreement. Now, just like we heard earlier when the pastor Kemote was leading prayer, God answers prayers. He was giving testimonies of things that the Lord has done for people. God answers prayers. What did I say? There are many reasons sometimes why prayer will not be answered. There are many reasons. Sometimes prayers won't be answered. Because the school of prayer, which the Lord led us to start many years ago, we try and rearrange those things. That is, get people to understand the truth on how to pray and wipe out the reasons why our prayer lives, why we may not get answers. We are taking one of them in this season, and that's the matter of agreement. The matter of agreement. What began it, at least that's how I was inspired to start it, was last week. When we're talking about the church in this nation, as I was teaching, I mentioned one of the reasons why we may not see the kind of results that we expect to see in prayer. And that's when, I, you know, I was just thinking about it. I realized that we talked about the issue of agreement, and I feel like we should just pursue that one again. Now, let's open our Bibles to start. We're talking about the power of agreement, therefore. All right, the book of Matthew, chapter 18, let's just start from there. Now, let's start from uh, verse 15. We are reading about five verses. He said, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven or shall be bound in heaven. That, uh, that um, Greek there is quite uh, tricky. So you get different translations saying different things. All right? I just want to read that from New Living Translation. He said, I tell you, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Now, it now says in verse 19, back to the one I was reading, New American Standard. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth 
about anything that you may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For whatever two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Now, why I read this mainly is for verse 19's sake, just that I have a habit of reading things in context. He said, again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Now, so like I said, we are talking about the power of agreement. We are talking about one of the major reasons people's um, prayers don't get answered. Now, what I want to explain, let me start by talking about doubt briefly. Let's start talking about doubt. Doubt is very powerful. If Jesus says flood, doubt can say sink. I hope you are getting my point. And what Jesus, what doubt says, we override what Jesus said. Jesus said to Peter, come. And while Jesus was watching, you know what happened? Peter sank. And why did he sink? He doubted. That is, doubt is very powerful. Please go and get our series, The Fight Against Unbelief. I took time out in that to talk about it, you know, extensively. That unbelief is not just a refusal to believe. It is a powerful force that can counteract what God wants to do. Listen, God's power is always available. If any time it appears as if his power is not manifesting, there is a reason. And that problem is with us. That's why he answered and said, is the arm of the Lord so short that he cannot deliver? That the issue is that, you know, that cannot be the issue. It's a, it's a question that has an obviously no answer. You know, that is negative answer. The answer is no. He said, so why is he not delivering you? He said, there's something in you that has separated you. So it's always the separation between us and the power of God that is the issue. And disagreement is one major thing. Now, it is not in every area you need to agree with somebody else because some things are just your own problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? And in those areas, however, you still have to agree with yourself. Do you know it's very possible to disagree with yourself? It's very poss- possible. You disagree with your own self. That one is possible. You, you know, how is it possible? <laughs> you know, the Bible calls it in simple terms, double-minded. Double-mindedness. You think one thing in the morning, you think another one in the afternoon, another one at night. And then when people tell you something in the morning, you believe it. When you go to church, you believe the church. Then when you go back, you believe the people. At the end of the day, the angels don't even know who they are talking to. I hope you are getting my point. Yes, people can disagree with themselves. You just disagree with yourself. Only Banky is praying and is agreeing with himself. And the Lord is just looking like this. Disagreement is a very powerful thing. It's one major reason. That's why Jesus said it here. If two of you shall agree. Now, what I want to say is I want to modify that word a bit, slightly, just it slightly. He said, let me read that again. Okay, my Bible says if two of you agree. I want to insert a particular word. If two of you can agree, I want to add the word can to that statement. Can agree. Why do I use the word can? Because agreement is not because you desire to agree. It is because you can agree. Let, let me explain what I'm to say. It's very possible for two people to join hands to pray and they say, let us agree. That doesn't mean they are in agreement. That does not mean they are in agreement. Because when you want to agree, you must agree in spirit first, not just in words. Agreement is very powerful. Agreement. 
you know, what started this was that last week I was explaining something here. That one of the reasons, now the major reason God created each nation is to serve the purpose of Christ. We agreed on that. That is the major reason he created each nation. And that in Nigeria, where we live, and this applies to any country you are listening to this from, if you are Ghanaian, it applies to you. You understand? The major reason God created that country in Nigeria is so that he can say the church in Nigeria. And if the church in Nigeria can agree on anything, that is a law of the land. That is what God is saying. Let me explain what I'm saying. If the church in Nigeria can come to an agreement, now I'm trying to explain why I use the word can. If it was possible for them to come to agreement, that henceforth rain will start in November. Do you get my point? And then, you know, normally, okay, let's take a look where we are. Rain tends to start around the April, you know, late March, early May, if it swings, all right? Generally around April. So it tends to end around November, right? If we, had, we just come to an agreement and say, henceforth, it's starting in August, and it's ending in June. If it's possible for all of us, that is, the church, to agree, the Lord will do it. That is the major, that is the major issue. Can we agree? Of course, nobody is interested in changing when rain starts and when rain ends. I'm just explaining the depth of power that is with the church on the earth. More major method, even God in heaven, God in heaven who created the heavens and the earth, because he knows that power is plenty that he has given the people. One major way by which he limits the power is control their ability to agree. For example, if, if, we, if all of us are heading towards moving the weather, the climate, so that rain will start in November, and the Lord says it's not good, you just plant two people inside us who will never agree with the rest of the people. The rest of us say, when the rain is starting in November, two major pastors just in their congregation say, no, there's nothing wrong when the rain is starting right now. It's the Lord that put the Spirit inside them and say, no, because if they agree, there is nothing that will be impossible for them. You've heard that before. That's where... Genesis chapter 12. Thank you. Tower of Babel. And that lets you know that what I'm saying is not a joke. That was what the Lord said. That ah, if these people can agree, uh -uh, then nothing will be impossible. It's a law that he set in place. Those days, um, Ed Cole, once I heard him teach, of course we used to listen to them on tape, video, and audio tape. Ed Cole said that once he was talking, he said never. Now he was talking about, you know, he used to talk on marriage, stuff like that, manhood and stuff. That he was speaking, he said never, 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 never. He kept on saying it never until everybody was tired of hearing it. He was talking to husbands and wives. He said never disagree with your spouse in front of your children. He must have said that never like a hundred times. Say, never ever disagree with your wife or with your husband before the children. He said, if you do, you lose power in the house once you disagree. The place of power for the husband and wife is a place of agreement. Now, that's in front of the children, but let's even leave that one. In every other thing, once it con consents more than one person, agreement is crucial. Agreement is crucial. Why the church in a, in a country like ours, why the church doesn't have the kind of power it's supposed to have 
is because you know, I told you, if we can agree, we have been unable to agree. That can we have is not the can agree. It's just a political party we form, you know, Christian Association of Nigeria. We have not been able to can agree. Did you hear what I Yes. Many of the times we should be called can't. Yeah. Many times we should be called can't. Now let's take this political thing as an example. Now later on, I will get to it. I'm just trying to, first of all, emphasize towards the importance of agreement. Okay? Later on, we'll talk about how we can agree. How we can agree. The simple way by which Christians can agree is to seek the mind of God and agree with God. You can never agree with one another. I don't know whether you're getting my point. When you are plenty, there has to be a reference that is lifted up. There must be something that everybody is looking up to. If you can come to that agreement, do you understand my point? Then, that if you can, if you can discover what God is saying, then it's easy for us to all agree. Look at this political thing as an example. I'm sorry, I don't mean to insult anybody. I mean, it's we, now we are, we are insulting ourselves. Just I've said it many times, some people may be tired of hearing it. Last election, not this one, no, four years ago, you know, People were agreeing, not with God, but with their emotions. Now, because of that, okay, it was not possible for Christians to truly agree because there are three levels of agreement which we have to deal with in life. The, number one is agreeing with God. Number two, I've talked about agreeing within yourself and not being double-minded. And then number three is agreeing with your fellows. That is, like a, a man and his wife agreeing, a church in a country Agreeing. Do you understand my point? Uh-huh. Now, those are the three levels of agreement. But because we were not able to agree with God, now, let me say another thing. Agreeing with God is not God. Reveal to us your choice. That's not agreeing with God. Agreeing with God is, where is our safety from? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Because many times, Christians are looking for safety. Instead of looking for safety in God, they are looking for safety in a particular president. If all of us decide to look at one man as a source of progress, that if this man wins, Nigeria will progress. If the church does that, that man will lose. Because agreeing with God is not just who is your choice as a body of Christ in the nation. First place which all of us individuals will agree with God is first, who, where, is this, where is progress from? If you think it is, give me the, who are the two leading presidential candidates we have? Buhari and who? Atiku Abubakar, right? Muhammad Buhari and Atiku Abubakar. Now give me three other less prominent, less leading. <laughs> and let's not fool ourselves now. We know those who are in front. <laughs> we know those who are believing God. Are you getting my point? <laughs> so give me three more. Kings the Mogalu, huh? How did you pronounce that guy's name, sir? Okay, okay. So was something, all right? And then Feladroto, I can pronounce Feladroto. Ah, I heard they are 18 now, we? Hmm? Okay, sorry. 70 something. Now, if you pick any one of these people, all right, and say, okay, this is a person that is a source of help. If this person can win, the nation will move forward. You know, many people are hoping that one way or the other, Vice President or Shibaja will become President. If all of us think like that, so that we are thinking that if he becomes president, the nation will move forward. You know what will happen? If we all agree powerfully, hmm, he will become president. Then the nation will move backwards. 
Why? Because God needs to confound our wisdom. Because that wisdom is not of God. I hope you're getting my point. God never wants us to put hope in any human being. Never wants us to put hope in any human being. There's some scripture I would like to read. It just came to my mind. I think I feel like talking about the matters of, of, the, of a country for a moment. Quickly go to the book of Acts. It just came to my mind. Because you see, Paul explains something at a time to the people. Now, this one is important. You know, I'm trying to. There are a number of scriptures, but let me use the words of Paul. Daniel also said it, but Paul's own, I think that's the one that is most um, dramatic when he was describing how God um, is. Okay? I don't know how the nations are when he was speaking to them that day at Athens. Okay, let's go to that. Um, let me check whether the one I'm looking for is in chapter 17. Okay, yes, it's chapter 17. All right, okay. Verse 26. I think, um, yes. New Living Translation, verse 26. Yes, it's the New Living Translation. Acts chapter 17. Yes, it was because I read New Living Translation that it struck me. Let's have from verse 24. Talking about God. He is a God who made the world and everything in it. He says, He is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs. For he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. Now notice this. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. And he determined their boundaries. Did you notice that? This was my first time, or maybe, but I was reading this time around, and I read this particular one in New Living Translation. And it struck me that he said he decided beforehand when China should become great. He decided beforehand when United States will become great. He decided beforehand when Britain will become great and when the glory of the British Empire will end. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So any analysis we make of who and who is responsible for what and what is, is shallow thinking. It's not deep thinking. You know what? I, okay, let me not, let me not get um, sidetracked into that now. But the day I read it, I said, God, this is what I've been saying. If you find a good leader that moves a country forward, it was because it was time to move them forward. And God brought that leader that he felt or that he determined would be able to do it. No matter how good a particular leader is, let us even assume that his name is Haitofel. That his wisdom will be like that of God. And you see, presidential Ahitophel, he will contest for election 1,000 times till he dies. And God will never put him in power. Why? He says, because I'm not yet ready to bless them with the kind of blessing you can bring. The people will whine and whine and whine and whine and complain and complain and complain. That has a problem in this country. That's why we can't move forward. How can Ahitophel be there? And we don't use him. Remember, anger lies where? Anger lies in the bosom of fools, and that one means the uninformed, the unenlightened, those who don't know what's really going on. That is why I stop getting angry. That this is a country in which we have God to lose. Is that what determines what you get is what I'm, I want to do in a particular season. So you cannot force my hand into a, a season that I've not determined for you to get into just because you feel you have enough people to produce it for you. I'll be getting my point. 
the fact that you have enough people to produce it does not mean it will happen. Sometimes, oh, let me tell you about the power of God and the control he has over the affairs of nations. Hmm? Sometimes, you know what he says? They gather, yet I do what? I scatter. I remember when our brother became minister for power, Professor Nebo, when he became his uh, minister, he said, I will cast out the demons in the power sector. Good. When he was leaving, he said, this, this type does not go out. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> you know what he said when he was leaving of power? He was frustrated. He did everything within his Christian power to ensure that things worked well. When they did not work, one of the statements he made is that he said, it's as if some people have just made up their minds that things will never work. He was frustrated. Now, these are the same people, I can imagine most of us being like him, Christians, responsible people, will sit down and saying that if, I, if we get there, people like you have gotten there and nothing has happened. I hope you're getting my point. People like you have gotten there. Daniel got there, he ended up in lion's den. So don't just come and do this if you just get there. When I become this, you are taking the power from God. Oh, these are the things you do unconsciously. You think if I get there, I will do this. Bros, it's not because of the absence of people like you that things are the way they are. Good people. It's because the time to favor her has not yet come. So we want to labor as believers. We labor in such a manner as to bring forth because we can affect the time of God. Yes, God's timing. The appointed time of God, you can affect them. But you don't know you can. Peter said you can hasten the coming of the Lord. Yes. There's a way you walk. So it's not by saying that let's go there and change things. You say, what is the reason? Or what are the reasons why this may not be our time to be favored? Those are the things you look out for. That's why I still maintain. I maintain till today. And I have not had any reason to change my mind. That the power to change a nation like ours lies with the church. And God, listen. God knows what he's doing. But the power to change a nation like ours lies with the church. And not just the church, of course, yes, as the church as a group, not the, I don't mean the organized church now, but I mean the Christians. Okay? The true believers. And then, not just them now, but first of all, with the preachers daring. Please, if you know any preacher around town or nearby that can get to Enugu, you know, anyway, if they have to travel, no problem. Please encourage them to attend our Minister's meeting, which will be coming up 15th and 16th of March. Pastor Courage will be coming, all right? It's a meeting just for ministers, those who preach. And that, that's the reason why we want to do that. Because these are the people that have the power. I'm saying something here. Because, you see, what makes people, God change things for us as a nation is better what we do as individuals. And the only people that can change what we do as individuals are those who speak the words to us. Only the word of God can change people. The only people that have the power to change people as individuals are those who have the words. They have the word of God. They have the platform of God with them. They can go out and declare things. They are the only ones that can bring the fear of God. And that is why one, see, this job don't want to do it unless you can, you pray for self-control. And like, you know, some people, <laughs> I've seen it many times before. People are waiting to be promoted because they see of course, I was coming up just now. Somebody collected my bag and carried it up. Are you getting my point? Uh-huh. It sounds nice. No, you look at it. It's very nice. 
honor, respect. Even police sees yourself. When you say, I'm pastor, they slow down. There are a few mad ones, but normal ones will just say, ah, pastor, man of God. Many times policemen have told us before, before you go pray for us. True. One day we're coming from, we're, we're going to Makodi, or coming from, I'm not sure. One, one policeman, he looked at me, you know. We got a checkpoint. Man was looking at me one guy. So I was talking. He said, May I know you? I'm like, What do you mean? And he make a long story short. He said, Pastor Banky. I'm like, Yes. Can't remember how did he greet that day. The guy shouted. He screamed, Yes. So that his colleagues, you know, they turned to see what was going on. And after that, anytime we get to that checkpoint, nobody dares us again. <laughs> Once you get there, ah, Where is Chris? Ah, he will run from wherever he is. And come to greet. Honestly, it's it's, uh, it's an honorable position. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've had people kneel down for me at busy like this was at as a, you know at the at the jetty. A woman came just kneel down fwa, with all her children behind her <laughs> in the open. Some people think that's what ministry is. That's where I'm going. <laughs> oh, that's where I'm going. Oh, that's what, what do you think I was going? So I what's my pathway to honor? Bible school. <laughs> I've seen people fight over the title pastor before. Yeah, that is that title. They will fight. Why? Because you see, that's my pathway to honor. Meanwhile, James said, you know, no book. That's what James said. You know, a lot of churches we do that. We kind of make the pastor look like one. So young people, are, instead of aspiring to what God created them to be, they're aspiring to that position. That's it. They think a pastor's life is easy. This is my car that I'm driving that now has age on the side now. Yeah, you get my point. <laughs> Packed it downstairs. Then it was still new. Just bought it. A few months before, one guy sat down. Because it's a pastor that packed it. You know what he said? He looked at up at Kingdom World. He said, just to one of our brothers, he just said it out loud. Somebody said, hmm, you mean this kind of small place? You people gathered enough money to buy this car. That was his own. That's why, as far as he was concerned, a pastor is driving a car with church people. He didn't even come to ask me, oh, God, did you do it? His own is that. So you can, people like that, hmm, there is, let me tell you something. There are things deep inside the heart that control people. There are things deep inside the heart. They control, you, you, you don't know. You see, man, very dedicated in church. You want, God, God said this one. He's not dedicated. He's looking for position. He wants promotion. Meanwhile, James said, when they offer you that position, Run. Do you know what James' reason? He said because your judgment is double. If lion collects a slap from God's enforcer angel, from normal Christians, if you tell lies, your own is two slaps from two wicked angels. So he said, you know, don't like the job. Don't like the idea. Eh? Forget this honor thing and lie. The real thing with the spiritual thing is stricter judgment. You know, as you grow older, you learn. Kennedy will say some things. He will go back and, you know, he will give you the accurate information. Like, if, like as he wants to say that, okay, I have 20 books published. He said, no, 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 it's 19. He said, oh, God, 19, 20, what's the difference? No. The man will ensure that, no, he tells you it's 19. There was a 20 one where I withdrawn it, so what's remaining now is 19. I used to wonder to you something. I said, sir, what's all of this has to be accurate? I think I know why now. You have to be very disciplined. 
you have to be very disciplined. Please tell preachers, I'm inviting them for that program. That's what I want to discuss. They are the ones that have the key. I hope you're getting my point. They are the ones that can change the nation. Many people think that is a job. It's not, the job is not for honor. It's, it's the only way by which God can change a society. That's the last time we're talking about praying. You want to pray? Please, pray for the church. Pray for the ministers thereof. Without them, look, God has set up this African continent to show forth glory in a particular way. Without those people arising and doing what they are supposed to do, the continent will be backward permanently. They, look, they won't just progress because um, backwardness got tired of them. No. The only way they will progress is what I'm telling you. Because, you see, what, God, what makes God determined to do good to people is something that is rising up from inside them. The only people that can energize that, the only group is the church. And within the church, the only people that can do it are the people that are called the clergy. You know, the word clergy is just borrowing it, okay? But the ministers thereof, they are the ones that prepare the saints for the work of ministry. It's very, very crucial. Because when a minister speaks the word, those who believe those words are transformed. But if the country gives a law, they are obeying the law, but God won't bless them. Why? Their heart is not changed. They are looking for every opportunity to wind around the law. I hope you are getting my point here. So that's the reason why I said, listen, if a country is going to, like, if, if the whole church can come to agreement, we'll be able to come to agreement. It will be because the people teaching inside first agree with the truth and start preaching the truth and they lift the truth up before the church. And the church looks up at the truth. Then they will naturally come into agreement. You can never come into agreement on human opinion. I mean, and God, look, the way God has even designed us is not possible. We are 50 people. What do we cook for our party next week? How will you agree? So what the Lord has done is, that, oh, I'll give you something you can agree on. And that's what I'm talking about politics. Okay? There are things we, as a nation, can agree, as a church, can agree on concerning the nation. There are things we can agree on. They are in the word of God. We can never, and God does not expect us to agree concerning a candidate. We can agree that there should be peace. We can agree that God should send justice because he hates injustice. We can agree on that. And we can agree that he should put somebody in office that will execute his justice. We can agree on that. We agree on all of those things. Write those things down. Pray over those things. And let the Lord do what is pleasing in his sight concerning an individual. When we leave that point, do you understand my point? And start trying to agree on an individual, there will always be trouble. God has a duty. He'll just frustrate the people. Now, what I want to say is not as if it's still like that in scripture, but I've noticed something. Even if God reveals to a genuine prophet concerning who is appointing, he doesn't give that prophet the platform to advocate vote for that individual. I, I, I hope you get my point. To promote people voting for him. He never releases. Now, like I said, that's from observation. That's my experience. He does not release that information so that we use it to determine who we are voting for. What he just says is that, look, vote whichever way you like. This person I have chosen. At the end of the day, your votes will show this individual. And the proof that that prophet is genuine is that he keeps that to himself or to a small group. And then they now watch and see what God has said. They watch it play out. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. This is my best example in, in, in recent times, okay? And it's that we, 
I mean, nobody would agree with me on this one. All right. Sadu, Salvarage. Before the election, American election of a few years ago now, when Donald Trump became president, he had a vision. And the Lord told him clearly. And this happened even when Obama became president the first time. He told Americans, that is the is caucus of people, they go for this uh, prophetic conference, that look, Barack Obama will be your next president. That I was unhappy about it. I prayed about it. The Lord said that is how it has been determined. When Barack Obama won the second time, he told them ahead that he's winning. When Hillary, uh, uh, Donald Trump was now running against Hillary Clinton, he also told them that Donald Trump will be your next president. But that thing was never used to look for votes for Donald Trump. In fact, Donald Trump, I, I heard him preaching about it. Donald Trump was shocked when he won. Somebody said his wife cried and cried and cried when she found out that they had won the election. There are two very important people who were shocked at the result of the election. One, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton was shocked. They didn't know it was remotely possible that Donald Trump would win. Two, Donald Trump himself was shocked. He did not know it was remotely possible that he would win. But this prophet has, had said it ahead, that this is what is going to happen. And guess what happened? Exactly what he said. But at the same time, I was following another American prophet who was campaigning for the opponent of Barack Obama at that time, urging Christians to go and vote for the Republican Party. I was following him his, his mailing list. has thousands and thousands of uh, Americans following him. I was so unhappy. I, 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 look, listen. It was not as if I wanted Obama. But I just said, this is not a prophetic job. It's not the job of a prophet. So I stopped. I just unsubscribed from his mailing list. I did not know at the same time, you know, another prophet has said, look, forget all of these things. God has chosen that man, even though we're unhappy about it. And he told them that he would persecute the church. And you know he did that? Oh, he did that. The man persecuted the church in his own way. It was under his watch that a mayor in Houston had the liver to tell pastors to submit their notes. Who would have thought it was possible in the United States of America for somebody to think about that? That if you preach anything from the pulpit that is anti-gay, anti-this, anti-that, they, they were ready to drag you to court. People who refused, do you understand, to make cake for homosexual marriages. Have you heard one of that since Donald Trump came into power? Every man don't maintain now. Ah, every man don't maintain because they know say, look, uh, the president will personally tweet your life to the to an end. <laughs> This man said it was going to happen. South Savarage. And it happened like he said. He said that it was for the good of the church that they wake up. Now what I'm trying to say, so even God, even if God were to release release the information. He, did, he doesn't, that's my understanding, he doesn't expect that we use the campaign. So even if God reveals to me now, and I see clearly who is winning this election next week, I won't tell anybody here, apart from, you know, in our caucus, people say, guys, this man don't win, no. But <laughs> it's very nice to be a prophet sometimes, although, <laughs> although I hope it did not disturb my, my teaching ministry. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you have too many visions, you can clash with some things. You want to preach something, you'll be seeing something else. Just people, I'll just mention it too. That no matter, and you know, God works in mysterious ways. 
The things that are are not made out of things that appear. That the things that are visible don't produce the things that you will see. That's just the way it works. Now, what, what I'm going to say is this. So we cannot force God to bring somebody in to do us good by working for a particular candidate. What we can do is say, why does God bring goods to people if they walk in righteousness, if they repent of their sins, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways. You understand my point? Then I will hear from heaven and then I hear their land. I hope you're getting my point here. So what are we supposed to do if we want God to send good times? We pray and say, brethren, let's repent. Let us repent of our wicked ways. So the church can come to agreement on that. In fact, that's how to prepare for election. Not to gather people and say, ha, this tyranny is enough. Get your voter's card. Get it. It's your weapon. Your weapon is your card. Don't go with knife. Don't go with gun. Go with card. We will vote them out. You know, there are things you say as a Christian. God knows you have no faith. That you don't know who's in power. If you talk like that as a preacher, you don't know who rules. You think your anger will work the righteousness of God. If you see trouble as a pastor, call the people to repentance. Call them to prayer. Don't say everybody, you know, this country will can't continue like this. You will all get your voters card and vote him out of power. Because, okay, I have raised enough angels to vote him back into power. You'll be surprised. The day all of you are going to polling station, it will rain heavily. If you say, we'll go through the rain, your houses will flood. Then they will move election to higher dry ground, where all of you can reach. Listen, <laughs> what I'm trying to say, the way we come to agreement is to agree with God first. That is the only way we all can come to real agreement. And I'm saying to you clearly, one of the major problems in Nigeria today is too much disagreement in the body of Christ. You know one thing that God said, let me, I, I'm, I'm finding it a bit hard to sit on the thing I wanted to say, but the words are flowing, I trust you'll be blessed. Now, you know one of the things that God is just telling us in a place like Nigeria, telling Khan, you know what they call Khan? What's Khan? Christian Association of Nigeria. I know you all know. What I'm just saying is that I find that people listen to this from everywhere. You know one of the things that God is saying? Hmm? Telling Khan. True Paul said, shame on you. What did I say? He said, why? When? God said, look at you. Assemblies of God, they fought and dragged themselves as far as the Supreme Court. He said, shame on all of you. Then you will now gather tomorrow and be bringing candidates. You cannot gather and settle this put inside the church. Listen, I pray that Khan will understand some things. They must have an arbitration panel. They should have. And listen, arbitration in that, you see, the law of the country allows for arbitration. So to make your judgments law, even within the country, are you getting my point? And tell all your members, if you will not sign up for arbitration, we eject you, and God allows that. In fact, the context in which we read now in Matthew chapter 11, he was talking about conflict resolution in church. You know, he said, if you have something against your brother, what's the first thing you do? Say, Paul and Mecca, go to Chidi Okora, Okora for, and discuss. The elders of Assemblies of God and the angry elders of Assemblies of God 
should come together and talk to each other. If they can't come to agreement, they should go to the Anglican church and call the elders there. Those ones should put their ears and their mouth in the matter. If they can't agree, then call PFN. Let them constitute a panel that by the time you file a case in court, shame on all of you. Shame, shame, shame on you. Shame, shame. You know that one we need to do in primary school? You know that kind of thing? Those ones that you... you what I've said is not a joke. I mean that literally. That's how everyone was looking at everything. Everyone just looking at it now, wow. And these are Christians. Did Paul not say that? Yes. Paul did. He said, are you not even ashamed that when you get to the Supreme Court, at the, under you, that time, CJ, Muslim, you have a panel of five people sitting on your case, four of them Muslims, say, ha, and you want the Muslim to believe. I don't know, did, I don't have any details about the Assembly of God matter, and I'm not here to judge or criticize them. Because one of you should have just stepped down. But I'm not even talking about that now. What I want to bring out is that why go that way? You should have gone to church people. Now he now said if after deliberation has been made and the church elders come to an agreement like PFN people come to an agreement that anybody who will not fall in line there are two things. One, you eject him stop recognizing him as a believer. That's number one. Number two whatever you shall bind on earth if you say it will never be well with him, it's dead meat. Now, before you read your ruling, say anybody who disagrees with this has disagreed against God. After all, it's a leadership and money matter. Abi, it passed like that. It's not about faith that confess Jesus is Lord with Mary and Mohammed. That's not what we are saying. Just is leadership and money. Abi, when I say money, I'm not saying anybody is stealing money. I mean control. But my point is this, okay? What I just want to bring up from that matter is this. The Lord expected that we should have the discipline to solve our own problems. Now, when divisions like that are now within the church that cannot be solved, listen to me, Boko Haram automatically becomes stronger. We find it hard to agree on anything. Now, it's okay, let's pray about Boko Haram. Sometimes when you want to pray, you know, we can weaken our prayers by the kind of thoughts we have about it. Let me explain what I'm saying. People want to pray. See, there's Islamic insurgency in Nigeria. Boko Haram is killing people. Let us pray. Every, all the people supporting them, they will die by fire. Because look at these people. They have not learned anything. I hope you know that prayer point is useless. The Christians will now say they've gathered to pray about Islamic insurgency. And your concern is, hmm, we have been suspecting these people. We are going to pray. That every power supporting Boko Haram in Nigeria, all the politicians using them, to get money, they will die. God just put his hand like be looking at you. Say you who don't have any sense yet. Don't worry. The night after that prayer, more bombs will go off. What will the agreement have been? It's simple. We'll have gone there and knelt and said, God, how come there is no peace to him that's going out and to the him that's coming in? How come there's great vexation all around? What is this indignation about? We'll first spend some time worshiping the Lord and confessing our sins, asking him to search us. Check whether there's anything wrong inside our hearts. And I say, okay, all of you, how have you been preaching? How many of you have condemned sin in the last six years in your church? How many of you that anytime you come to church, money you ever raise? <laughs> I hope you know that's where the problem starts from. Do you know the truth? 
if we gathered and repented, let's even forget the sin and, non, uh, and that, or who not committing sin. When last did people even do a joint program? That is, the Assemblies of God are doing program, Anglicans came, Methodists came, they put their hands together, their money together, and did a major crusade in town. It's what I have been seeing, not that any time one man organized a five-day program, and that person does a seven-day program, that is, starts one day before the other guy, and finish one day after him, why? So that our members will not go there. I hope you're getting the point. As a matter of fact, that is the reason why the church is powerless. Agreement is crucial. We open somewhere. Did we read it? Genesis chapter 11. Yes, we wanted to read it. Okay. I said, let's just read it for the sake. Oh, let's just be sure that we read something. The point we are making is that God's power eh, is always available. If it's not available, something is wrong with on our side. Now, let's just read from verse 7. For time's sake, we just start from verse 7, 5. Oh, no, let's go back a bit. Verse 3 said, They said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. And they said, Come, let us build for ourselves a city, and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. And let us make for ourselves a name, otherwise we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Then, verse 5, The Lord came down to see the city, and the tower which the sons of men had built. So they had built something. The Lord said, Behold, they are one people. Now notice that. Power of agreement. And they all have the same language. Now this is deeper than just using the same mother tongue. They are, they are one people and they all have the same language. And this is what, and this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they propose will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and there confuse their language so that they would not understand one another's speech. Now, did you notice that? That what was the Lord saying here? Once the people are in agreement, once they are speaking the same language, once they are together in their purpose, once what they are communicating is the same from their spirits, then whatever they've made up their minds to do, we will be forced, listen to this, we will be forced to release power to them to accomplish it. Do you know sometimes we can do things, compel God's hands? As a matter of fact, we can compare, we can make God do what He Himself really does not want to do. How much more when we are in agreement with Him? Then we can make Him do quicker what He Himself wants to do. I hope I get my point. Yes, sir. Listen, let me just say something about homes. This is an introduction to the whole thing. We'll discuss more as we go on. Let me say something about homes. I said something here. It's not just about language, the tongue you are using to speak. Take a man and his wife as an example. You have to be united in purpose in everything. You have to be united, united in thought. I hope you are getting my point. You have to... You, listen, marriage is one of the most powerful things on this earth. One of the most powerful things. You must be united in purpose. You must be united in faith. It's crucial. You must be united in your thought process. Now, there's a, there's a point I want to make about it. Remember I said at the beginning, that it's only if we can. Are you getting my point? That it's not just I determined to be united. It is, do I have the ability to agree? Now, my emphasis is this. It is something you will work on. 
I don't know whether you're getting my point. It is something you will deliberately go out of you to work on. That if I say this to my wife, do I really mean it with the very words that I used? Okay, how did she understand me? That's why, look, just leave it for peace sake. It doesn't work. Because you leave something for peace sake. You know, there's a way blessings have different levels. You have a level and the blessing is not complete. You have peace in which there's no argument. But there's no power to support your life in that area. I don't know what I said made sense there. You won't be fighting, no. But there's no divine power propelling that segment of your life. Let, let me get an example now. Your wife says, or one of them, the two say, okay, let's do something. We want to, ah, what example do I use now? Okay, we want to pursue a, a business. Okay, a business. Okay, let's use as an example, okay? Let's invest money like this. Let's build a house here. You know? And the, one of them says, let's assume the man. The man. Okay, who normally is the one that makes such decisions. Most times, not all the time, okay? Say, so, no, we're going to build a house here. No, we're going and the woman says, no. Say, no, I'm the man in this house. And then she says, okay, since you're the man now, eh, build it now. She may not say you like him. Eh, okay, build. So no quarrel. She doesn't, she doesn't fight. She doesn't argue with you. Then you go. And you know what, what will happen? You'll be buying bad cement. You won't know why. You will invest money in a company that is collapsing tomorrow. You won't know why. You will take money from home, and your wife is not complaining. She's not grumbling. No. She has kept quiet. But she has kept quiet so that there will be peace. See, you can keep quiet, and it's not for so there will be peace. You can keep quiet in such a manner that, Father God, I give you praise. I believe for wisdom for my husband. Yes, you can do that. I believe for wisdom for my husband. I believe he knows what he's doing. Two people are silent. The hearts are different. I, I don't know where my point Wife number one is saying like, ah, I don't like to quarrel. You know, my husband, if you challenge him now, fire go blow. And in church, now they said that submit yourself unto your own husband. As unto the Lord. I mean, they say as unto the Lord. But anyway, now so pastor talk. Eh, no, no, no. You know, if you report me to pastor, the pastor says I'm being stubborn. Leave it now. Let's be watching. Let's be watching has injected an unbelieving spirit into that place. But there's another one. Wife number two does not complain, does not talk, just like the first one. But she says, well, I don't understand what he's doing now. However, since two of us don't seem to be agreeing on this matter, one person must be right and the other person is wrong. I don't know who's right. So, Lord, I have to trust you. So, Lord, I pray for wisdom for my husband. I pray in the name of Jesus that he will do what is right. And then I now follow that with that attitude. But because I don't know what is right, I can't talk. Do you follow what I'm saying? That one has not injected any negative spirit into the atmosphere. But the first one, believe me, the man will buy cement, they will steal it. He will buy iron rod, it will bend. He will say, I don't know what is going on. What kind of useless workmen do I have? He will say, please, you go to the stockbroker, buy me ABC company. They will buy him ACB company. And ACB will fold up the next day. After he had invested one million naira. And they will ask the stockbroker, why did you do that? You said you told me on the phone, ACB. He must say, no, I said ABC. The argument will start. And where did all of this start from? At home. 
Disagreement is a spiritual force. It's not just, it's not just argument between two guys. It's a spiritual force. So that's why the Bible says we must strive to maintain the bond of unity. It's something you do deliberately. I don't know how people survive without God, though. Because you get to a particular point, only God can join together. Are you getting my point? Is that what the Bible says? Whatever, who joins together? God. Human beings can't join together. It's only God. It's God that can bring people into agreement. So that when it comes to a particular point, you have to resort to prayer. Even you that's doing something. Hey, this man says something. What is his name? Full gospel. Demos Shakarian. Demos Shakarian said he found out that if his wife is not in agreement with what he's doing, it doesn't work. In fact, for him, that became a way of knowing the will of God. And his wife will, have, will never come to him and say, I disagree. We are both adults in this house. No, that is not disagreement. That is madness. Are you getting my point? That's not what I'm talking about. There are statements you don't make. It's a sign of rebellion. By the time you tell your husband you are both adults in this house, you already rebelled. You have rebelled. Why is everybody quiet? <laughs> Some people are feeling very guilty. You should go and repent. You don't make such statements. We can see you're an adult. We, 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 we are not pedophiles. We married you as an adult. We know. Don't remind us. <laughs> we know. You know, we know you're an adult. There's no point in saying, I wait a lot in this house. My statements, my, my opinion must count. Nonsense. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, the most occurring case is that he passes something by his wife. The woman will just like, she just does not show enthusiasm. Like, how oh, you don't like it. I was just thinking that that may not be the best idea. No, 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 it's a good idea. It's a very, very fantastic idea. Okay, sir. All right, no problem. Then she doesn't say anything. She just wondered that why is your God not saying that that one will not work? So after a while, he learned it. Once Madame starts, you know, just ironing and not talking. He said, you don't like this investment. Well, it's not like I don't like you too. I just, I don't know. I have this funny feeling maybe unsafe. Doesn't mean that, okay, okay, I won't do it again. It just means that the man goes back and does what? More thinking. He does more reasoning. He does more praying. That's what it means because it's not as if that you not be using bad face to be controlling a man. That's witchcraft, you know. <laughs> no, that's witchcraft. No, that one is witchcraft. You know, witchcraft has different types. There's witchcraft that goes at night. That one is it's one type of witchcraft. <laughs> but there's witchcraft in which he says. I don't do pray about this. I, I don't want to do it. Just pray some more. I have prayed. I think we are going to the left. Go and pray again. Until the man says we are going this side. You keep on telling him, let us pray, let us pray, let us pray. That's witchcraft. No, there's all kinds of, there are subtle forms of witchcraft. In fact, I've seen preachers do it and it annoys me. They made up their minds before they come for discussion. That we are moving to Elim Plaza. And I said, hey, Israel, okay, Mute, Felix, what do you think? Someone said, no, let's go to Goshen Plaza. He said, now, the word Goshen, does it rhyme in your spirit? You know? <laughs> I find it very annoying. You made up your mind before you came. Why are you twisting them into your own opinion? Are you getting my point? No, no, that, that's not right. Anyway, but let's sit on the, on the matter. Sometimes people do that witchcraft. You know, say the man, if you, don't, if you don't smile now, he won't do what he wants to do. Say, what do your father say? Say, we're traveling tomorrow. I don't worry, we won't go. Mommy, said we won't go. Don't worry. Daddy, I said we are going tomorrow. Say, don't worry. Mm. Leave him. Wake up in the morning. We are traveling today. 
You bend your head. Say, why are you bending your head? Nothing. My head is just in a bended mood this morning. <laughs> that is witchcraft. What did I call it? Witchcraft. It's manipulation. You are trying to manipulate the man. That's fleshly operation. That's not what we are talking about. Demon shall carry us out. That's one thing, you see. When you are counseling people, one man's, you, know, you can't just apply these stories on the surface. You have to go into the depth to know exactly what is happening in the hearts of people. In her situation, she was not say, it was not what she wanted, what she did she not want. Something her spirit just didn't agree. And the man found out over time that if we can't come into agreement, power is not released. Now, I'm the one adding these words now. Power is not released, released into the oppression that we are about to set in, into. And what, what I just want to add from, on that particular point is that it's something, you, you know, I said, can we agree? Can we agree? It's not just let us agree, like, physically. Is do we have the capacity to come into agreement? And that is developed, you know, with prayer, with discussion. I'm just using husband as well as, as an example. With talking, with explaining, with praying. In a place like, in, in a big church, in a national church like Nigeria, it doesn't come with panels talking. It comes with prayer. It comes with us gathering to focus on the word. It comes with us gathering to focus. There must be something that is the focus or the cause for agreement. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I hope what I'm saying, I'm making it clear. Like in church, as an example, the church in Nigeria, we can't agree because we came to a panel. We come to an we will come into agreement because we begin we begin to elevate the word. Do you follow my point? It's when he's lifted up that he draws us into himself in agreement. What we start doing is start elevating the word. We first tell ourselves, look, guys, let's gather to pray. Let us gather to pray. I told you the testimony I heard when I went to Sokoto. When the crisis began, they had a lot of peace. You, you know, you, you, you know. Generally, you don't hear so much trouble from that side. What happened was that my friend, Pastor Crowley, was PFN chairman at that time. When all this crisis began, they came to him. Now, in fact, I think it's a beautiful testimony. They came to him and said, Let's arrange, you know, police, the police had agreed to give them protection. So he told them that, well, how will police protect you against this kind of trouble? A few days later, they bombed police headquarters in Sokoto. So he told them, Shay, you see now, people that you want to protect you can't protect themselves. They said, we'll get bomb detectors or metal detectors, whatever it is, push in front of every church. He said, okay, after you finish detecting the bomb, what's the next thing? <laughs> do you understand my point? So they say, okay, chairman, what do you want, or president, what do you want us to do? He said to them, we are Christians now. So let's gather and let us pray. He said something to me. He said that was a good, that that crisis was a blessing. He said things that had never happened in that city. All the churches gather to pray under one roof. They had never seen it. But when crisis started, they forgot their differences. Who was paying tight and who was not paying tight did not remember that. You know, there are some things that are not important doctrines. They shouldn't separate us. Who wear trousers? Who not wear trousers? They didn't remember it. Just say, is Jesus your Lord? Yes, come inside. You know, that is all. That's all. That was all that mattered. Once your choice is Jesus is Lord, the pastor is welcome. And they gathered to pray. See, they had agreed that there was no help but in the Lord. Can you see the point of agreement? Yes. They agreed that who are those gathering to pray? Christians. They forgot all other differences. 
and they began to meet weekly until the word of prophecy began to come out to tell them that trouble will not come to them. And God began to expose the people gathered against them and began to destroy them. And the people kept on gathering. And they kept on gathering together as brothers. One of the things God hates, there are seven things that he hates. One of them is what? The person that separates brethren. Anytime brethren are separated, Satan is infiltrated. No, that's wrong. No, no, I want the head. The head must be there. We are rhyming something here. <laughs> I know the correct English. Satan infiltrates. Okay, let's use that one. Anytime brethren are separated, Satan is activated. Write that down. Use it for your next... <laughs> what I thought is a matter of fact. In a home, as Satan is looking... And that's why he's an accuser. He accuses a man to the wife, the, uh, the woman to her husband. Just find, just cleave them, separate them. Separate them. When they have separated, that separation is a road by which Satan walks in. This preacher, this is our American preacher, what's his name now? Andrew Womack. Andrew Womack said something once. He said there was a young man that they said he should come and pray for because he shot himself accidentally with his father's gun in the head. So the guy was unconscious, was in hospital. So he said, man of God, you believe in raising the dead. Come and pray that this one will be raised. He was unconscious. So he prayed and prayed. And when he finished praying, the boy died. And then they buried the boy. He was not raised from anything. So <laughs> he was kind of like confused. What happened? They began to investigate. And they found out that the height of strife existed between the father and the mother. And he got angry. So why did you ask me to come and pray? I don't know what I get my point. That don't you understand that that strife is the reason why this boy got shot in the head? That strife is the reason why he's going to die. And until that strife is solved, my prayer would have been ineffective. And it was ineffective. And the boy would die and he was buried. That what is wrong with the two of you? Don't you understand that with the strife inside your home, you have opened the door for the devil? Did the Bible not say that when you're in disagreement like that, your prayers will not be answered? Listen, I'm just introducing the subject today. Agreement. You agree with three people. First, you agree with whom? God. We'll talk about how to agree with him. Two, you agree with yourself. The opposite of agreeing with yourself is double-mindedness. And then number three, you agree with your fellows. If you are in church, the church must be in agreement. If it's a home, the people, the husband and wife first must be in agreement. And once they're in agreement, don't worry, they're in agreement too. They don't even, you don't need to negotiate with them. They're in agreement. I hope you know that. It's automatic. If the man and his wife can be fully in agreement with each other, the children are in agreement with them. Those are the three levels of agreement. And you know what Jesus said? Now I want to add many things together. If we get it right in those three areas. There is nothing we ask from God he will not do. There is nothing. And listen, I don't know if I just like saying to husband and wives. When I'm talking about being in agreement, being in agreement properly. What I mean by being in agreement properly? Ah, I'm, lo- I'm looking for how to explain. Let's take, let's take finance as an example. The husband said that I'm believing God. 
let's be in agreement on how we are believing God. What I mean by we are believing God is this. If we are believing God for finances, means that we are not calling every anybody. Please, both of us must agree. Both of us must agree that we are not calling anybody. It's not that we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, you are the supplier. But I'm going to ask my father, in the name of Jesus. One person is thinking, you know, and now goes out at the end of the finish praying. The man on the woman now calls the father and says, please, can, can, we really need money. I don't know how you, whether you and mommy can help. <laughs> and the mommy and daddy now helps. And I say, hey, praise God, miracle. is not a miracle. It's a shame. If you get that kind of miracle that day, a bigger trouble is coming tomorrow that no human being will be able to solve. And your power of agreement was weakened yesterday. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If both of if if, if say we are not calling anybody, agree we are not calling anybody. If you think we should call somebody, let's discuss it and present it before the Lord and pray and meditate. I say, no, I don't think it's a sign of faith at this time for us to call somebody. And please, it's a marriage scenario. If the man who is leading now says, no, we're not calling anybody. Don't go and meet your friends, madam. Now, now some of my husband, they do now. Now they engage faith. <laughs> I know what I know. He said, no, we're not calling anybody. We're not calling anybody now. What can I do now? I won't call anybody. He said, we shouldn't call anybody. Are you calling anybody? No. He said, we cannot call anybody. And he's in that pointing of fingers. Brethren, just wipe out that prayer. Wipe it off. It's pointless. That's not a prayer of agreement. You have not, you are not in agreement. Agreement is that both of you will say that, hey, oh girl, if we are sinking, we are sinking here. Remember Fatih Adaya? Remember my story of Fatih Adaya? Yes, uh-huh. That is, oh girl, we are fighting here and dying here. Let me say something about unbelief. Like I said, disagreement is a form of unbelief. It's deadly. Did you hear what I said? Unbelief is deadly. Unbelief is what? Is deadly. What I mean is this. If we're in a danger zone, and husband and wife says, let's believe God for protection. Do you understand? And one of the parties, and they both agree that, what is protection? Protection means that we are going to pray. We are not calling anybody. We are not calling police. We are not doing anything. We are not asking. We know we have friends in the army. We are not in the same patrol. If one person sneaks away and carries phone and says, Colonel Chukomeka, please, can two of your boys partner around here? We are afraid. They will kill the two of you. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Is there was something that this man said? Gary Carpenter. I did share the story with my wife today. He had cancer on his back. Melanoma. Malignant melanoma. So his wife said, let us pray. So, the man said to the wife straight, I don't have faith right now to ask God for healing. He said at that time, his spirituality was down. You know, there are times you just know that, oh boy, you are not the man you used to be. I know spirituality is not a historical thing. It's a present thing. Are you getting what I'm going to say? I used to be spiritual yesterday. It doesn't count today. Those days I used to read my Bible and pray. That was those days. So these days, you are, you are, you are backsliding. That's what they call backsliding. Are you getting my point? You are, you are backsliding. So the man knew the truth. He said he had been working hard. He was not moving spiritually well. So he told his wife. That's when he fell sick. He told his wife straight. I can't believe. I can't ask God for healing right now. I can't. 
So the wife now said, okay, so what can you ask God for? He said, okay, let's pray. That one will go to, because they referred them to MD Anderson Cancer Center there in Texas. So let's pray that one will get to that place. The doctors there will say it is not as bad as the other doctors said. The wife said, no problem. So they joined hands and prayed and asked God and said, Lord, please let it not be as bad as the other doctors said. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's what they did. Then they got to the hospital there. The doctors reviewed the case and said, ah, we have new, good news for you. What's the good news? Is it a malignant melanoma? Yes. So it's a cancer. But recently, we just found out that certain types, we call it superficial spreading, that is spreads on the surface for a long time. It's not eating deep rapidly. So we now know that if we operate you, you will be fine. Was that an answer to prayer? <laughs> that was it. And that's how the man got cured. That was how he got cured. What they, you know, remember I said, can agree. It's not just Obojo agreement. What you can agree. The man said, I, I see this right now. If you are praying on that level, you're on your own. I know where my prayer level is. That's one, one of the things we, we must learn as believers. Okay? Like, when they have to come to agreement. Let's know the level of each other's faith. If you want to help somebody else, build the faith first. Don't make the person say, okay, in Jesus' name, you're not going to take medicine. In this house, nobody takes medicine. And the woman says, amen, amen, amen. <laughs> she will fall sick and die. In modern times, one of the greatest teachers of faith and practitioners of faith we know is the man, Kenneth Hagin. Do you know his wife was sick? I think, yes, she had a goiter. He prayed and prayed. Don't, you see, let me tell you about people of faith. Everybody walk on your faith regularly. You have big faith yesterday, doesn't mean you have big faith today. Walk on it regularly. And don't, people who tell stories, read their stories well. Don't think anybody is a giant. Every man they struggle. Everything I talk to? Yes, sir. Every man they struggle. They know they tell you, they tell you they struggle. But you don't get one result, they just come and shine. Then I become the client, I declare. When I declare, finish it. Sickness one way. <laughs> oh boy. That was last year. Last week, tell us what happened. Now I'm like, malaria. Why are you behaving like Do you follow my point? No, it's true. You know, some of our teachers of faith, they believe that you don't ever say negative things. Look, that's the one I wrote the book, Great Faith Can Be Yours. Go and read the last chapter. I wrote it there. Sometimes Isaac died. I did that deliberately. They will not just think that uh, uh, every time in life, you understand, uh, everything just go rosy, rosy, because, you know, one brother wrote me a story, sent me pictures, very pathetic story, told me about it. It had to do with their child that was born and all of that. You know? So his, uh, his faith was down. He wrote I replied to him, I said, go and read Great Faith Can Be Yours. Read the last chapter. When he read the last chapter, he said, ah, <laughs> God bless you. What are you passing through that he didn't pass through? What are you passing through that I have not personally experienced? But when he heard that, Pastor Bank, he went through that, I said, I did. Ah, exactly, my faith is not bad, so we are coming up. A small, small. That is one area where I disagree with a lot of our people of faith, that they, they talk as if nothing ever went wrong in their lives. Paul said, we do not want you to be ignorant of the afflictions we pass through. He said, so strong were those afflictions that we despaired of life itself. Paul said, I was tired of life. I wanted to die. And you know what he said? We don't want you to be ignorant. We want you to know. Ken Hagen got up from death's bed at the age of 17. 
severely sick, they became well. Many people don't know the other part of the story. That there was a time after that healing. He said, I found out I was spending more time on the bed than on my feet. Little by little, the, the healing was crawling away from him. You know, what we hear is that I rose up that day and I rose up well. And I've been well ever since. It's not a lie, but it's not the whole truth. From his own mouth, I heard his testimony. I saw a guy. Why didn't you tell us this part of it? There are times he's walking on the road. So one day one woman offered him a lift. He said, thank God she came. I was about to collapse. They now began to make adjustments. He now began to make adjustments. It wasn't just that day he got here that the healing was like that. He had struggles. Then he began to make adjustments. And his life began to rearrange. The same man married. His wife was sick. He prayed. He laid hands on her, prophesied, did everything. The girl didn't get well. Finally, well now, there are many stories, so please, I will tell the number of them, but I might mix one, I may miss one, but what I'm telling you is fundamental, is basically true. I may just mix a few stories. But once, he had prayed and prayed and prayed. The woman had a goiter. She was having choking spells. He prayed. Okay, go to hospital now. The woman not agree go. Why? Because she said that it wasn't faith. It was that she believed that if she's operated on, she will not live. She will die. Now, I told that many stories. Okay? One day the Lord appeared to him in the vision and said to him, tell your wife to be operated on that she will live, she will not die. How did she get her healing? Doctor took her to the theater and operated. Is that the height of it? Maybe not. Did she get well? Most certainly. There are many, or, or, you know, many, but there was one time he told, I think, I, and there's another woman, yes, he was praying for, praying for. He don't pray after a while. He told the woman, what can you believe? The woman said, look, I can believe that I will go to hospital. Doctor will diagnose, that is, the doctor will operate. There will be no complication and I will get help fast. He said, good. Let's Ask God for that. So they say, Father God, this is your daughter. She's not feeling well. Doctors want to operate. We are praying that she will go to hospital. The surgery will be successful. You will guide the hand of the doctor. And then she will recover fast. Listen, let me make a long story short. She, it happened just like they said. If she was supposed to, that when she, after the surgery, the doctor came and said, maybe like they forgot to give her painkillers. Oh, sorry, I'll tell you to give you painkillers. The woman said, I'm not feeling any pain. He said, no, you must be feeling pain. I find not be feeling pain. We opened you from top to bottom like the woman be feeling. You are feeling pain. The woman said, I'm not feeling pain. The doctor says, a lie. You are feeling pain. Assuming she was supposed to be on the bed for seven days. By the third or fourth day, she was okay. And the doctors were shocked. But you see, the two people were praying. They couldn't. You see, the world is can agree. They could agree on that. So the man said, what can you believe God for? She said this. So it's okay. Let me agree with you. So they came to agreement they could agree. Many times, husband is full of faith. The wife is half of doubt. You get my point? Her whole being is half of doubt. Or the other way around. And listen to me, is can. What did I say? Can. So it is not about, what is wrong with yourself? Come on, believe God. Come here, let's believe God. No. I told you before, when I was teaching, I said, Jesus said, if you can believe. He wasn't trying to say believe. No, he was saying, listen, if you can believe. So it's not by force. Just believe today. No. 
is where is your level of faith? We don't stay at that level. Don't say, God, I say, God knows my level of faith. That's not what we're saying. No. You grow regularly. But at each crisis point, we need to come to agreement. We must know each other's level. The point I'm making is that we must be able to what? Agree. Not pretend. We must be able to what? Agree. So when we have agreed in a place where we are able to agree, 100% of the times, child of God, you will see God's power manifested. 100% of the times, child of God, you will see the power of God manifested. The major reason we don't see the power of God, one way by which doubt operates, is disagreement. One person is asking for this. In the same prayer meeting, another is asking for the direct opposite. Sometimes they are both asking for the same thing, but what exactly they want God to do about the same thing is different. And that was why Jesus will see a man who is obviously blind and say to him, what do you want me to do? Because we must be in agreement. It has happened to me before I'm praying for somebody and this person is laughing. I'm not kidding. It's okay. You are going to pray for people today. We feel with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Who wants to do that? They came. We began to pray. <laughs> At the point I said, open your eyes. <laughs> now I look. I saw people laughing. Me praying. So I said, okay, okay, everybody stop praying. What is the problem? I remember once I said, I can see her like this. He said, no, no, let's see what the Bible says. I'm serious. Argument. I'm praying for you to be filled with the Spirit. You want to argue with me what the Bible says? Whether you are right or wrong is irrelevant. We are not in agreement. Just go. go. Let's go back to the fellowship, everybody. <laughs> that is. So there's no need to pray. Even if I'm 100% right, it will not, not, there will be no manifestation. Nothing. Well, I believe I've helped one or two people today. We'll continue from that point. Like I said, it's a short series of teaching. All right? We just want to learn the principle of agreement. Let's bow down and give it our thanks for it. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. Let's just thank you for wisdom. Thank you for knowledge. Let's thank you for understanding. Let's thank you for understanding that he has brought to us today. Let's say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. I just say to the Lord, say, help me to agree with the people I must agree with. First of all, teach me your word, I may agree with you. Point to me the spirit of faith. Open my heart. Point to me the spirit of sincerity. That's important. Spirit of sincerity. Spirit of truth. That's the first step to agreement. There must be sincerity. There must be truth in the heart. Without that, everything else is a joke. There must be truth in the heart. For a moment, husbands, forgive your wives. Wives, forgive your husband. Just take a moment. I just feel like saying that. Just take a minute and say, just say it. <laughs> There's something I do. You know, I just want to teach husbands and wives that. Sometimes my wife and I will disagree. You'll be surprised. <laughs> we do. But anytime I'm praying... I never forget. God helped me with that. Lord, I love my wife as Christ loved the church. I love my wife as Christ loves the church. And I'm angry. The man saying this is angry. But it's prayer time now. And I cannot say anything. I can't be an accuser of my wife to the Lord. That is wrong. I've joined Satan's side. I cannot pretend to be happy if I am not. So we settle it simply. In the place where God and I can agree is his word. The Lord, I love my wife as Christ loves the church. So begin to declare that right now. If you are married and you are here. Say, Lord, I love my wife as Christ loves the church. Lord, thank you for my husband. I submit myself unto my husband as commanded by the Lord. And say, Lord, I believe for wisdom for him. 
He walks in divine wisdom. I claim the wisdom of heaven for him in the name of Jesus. I love him the way a wife loves a husband. As the husband will declare, I love my wife as Christ loves the church. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love, love is long-suffering. Yes, in the name, by the power of the Spirit, I claim those things towards my wife. Let's give the Lord thanks. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.